0: Welcome to Literal Stories from House Arrest, Episode Thirteen. Uh, my name is Jordan Merrick, and yes, we're in a lockdown—lockdown lockdown number five here in Brisbane. Uh, welcome back. We've missed you. <laughs> um, on a very serious note, I really hope everybody listening is is going okay in this in this lockdown. Um, each lockdown, you know, affects musicians' livelihoods and businesses' livelihoods, and you know, if you're somebody who you know, is is struggling, please reach out, you know, to your friends, your family, to the podcast, any way we can help, I mean it, if you're an artist listening, please reach out, we want to get your story out there, we want to promote your music. Moving on to this week's guest, there's never been a better time to have Nate Conspiracy of One on the podcast. For those who don't know Nate, he's a, such a genuinely nice, funny guy and you know, he writes a lot about science. He's a massive social commentary guy in his music too. Lots of satire, which is, which is perfect. And he does it in such a clever, tasteful way, which which is always important with his sort of style of music. But Nate, the person we, we get to know in this podcast, and we, we talk about all things science. We talk about, you know, vaccinations, the board game that Nate's developing, and of course, um, you know, why it's so bloody awesome being a nerd and, and being true to yourself. <laughs> You know, Nate is such a genuine guy, and I'm really excited for you guys to hear this episode, so whoop, let's uh, get straight into it. I welcome Nate, Conspiracy of One.
1: Uh, this is good, though, it, and it's it's also nice just to hang out with you again, because yeah. I feel we, we tend to always bump into each other in noisy gigs <laughs> where we have to shout at each other, and... You can't have a proper conversation in yeah. that environment, and I love having just a good sit-down conversation with a cup yeah. of tea. Yeah, for sure. And and getting to know people as people, not just as musicians. Yeah,
0: definitely, man. Although I feel like I should be shouting, you know, just just based on our friendship, I feel like, you know, a little shouting, you know, hey, <laughs> how you doing, man? That, that's, that's, you yeah, because <laughs> that's been the uh, yeah. that's been the interaction up until now. Yeah, yeah oh yeah yeah what can you do <laughs> what can you do but um yeah i mean like because obviously we've seen each other you know a couple of times in the last year i think two or three times over between lockdown since, and since lockdown yeah yeah about something like that something around that. Yeah. yeah so how did you um how did you get through lockdown like how did you get through last year what was your because obviously it was such a change of It was a a big shake-up for everyone, obviously. For me,
1: it was quite a big shake-up because I do play live as my main day job. Mm. And so obviously all of that work disappeared. And I was lucky enough to get government support. So that really just helped keep that stress away once that eventually came in. And I had a chance to actually have some time off for the first time in a lot of years Mm. and that has in fact starting uh tomorrow i've got two weeks of annual leave which i've given myself oh wonderful and so yeah this year i've started actually booking a couple of weeks here and there out yeah just saying no work annual leave Mm. even if i don't go away just to not work for a couple of weeks and because i realized how important that was Mm. because it's so easy you'd probably know this as well opportunities come up you just say yep chuck it in the calendar yep and it's very easy to just keep doing that until your calendar is full and you don't get any time off
0: yeah no doubt
1: and so one of the many lessons i learned from 2020 is how important that work-life balances
0: Mm, yeah definitely and i think um i mean i don't do cover gigs and stuff like that but i imagine actually you can i'm sure you can shed light on this do you find like now that you, you took some time away did that then on the flip side help your your own like your your original music like did you find taking less time to play covers helped your writing or helped that productivity or?
1: Yeah, to an extent. I did get some quite interesting songs started last year and I finished a couple of them already. I tend to not finish songs for Mm. a little while, which I wish I could uh, do a bit better. In fact, I'm trying to do better. Mm. Um, But because of COVID coming in and and just essentially shutting things down for me, Mm. That was also an opportunity to have time off from original music as well. Yeah. Because whether or not I've been performing original music or even writing it, Mm. it's been in my head Yeah. for at least eight years Mm. at this point of, okay, what am I going to do? How am I going to get to this top of this hill that I want to be at? Yeah, and always trying to push that boulder up that hill and just having that churning away in my brain Mm. for eight years constantly at least and so what I did in 2020 was I essentially had a year off that just a year off thinking about it in my brain all the time Uh, or or at the very least dialed down to a much lesser extent and I really needed that.
0: Yeah, awesome. So when you were, when you took that time off, like, did you find yourself like going towards other hobbies? Or what, what? how did you fill your time when you were enjoying your time off?
1: I did. In fact, one of those things was the board game, which oh, we'll, yeah, of we'll course. talk a bit yeah, more we, about. We
0: certainly will, yeah.
1: And I also went through a period of, shall we say immense personal growth mm. um, because of personal things, let's just say relationship stuff mm. and um, so 2020 was quite big for that and I'm happily at the tail end of that having learned a lot and mm. grown a lot as a person and mm. I'm in a much happier place than I was a year and a half ago
0: yeah no, it's, a, it's definitely like, I think with anything like, you know, anytime there's, you know, a relationship starts or ends, there's always learnings to be made from it. Yeah. And um, I think that's like life in general, everything that happens, good or bad, you learn a little bit more about yourself and how you, you react and how you cope and what you need. And yeah, it's all part of growing, isn't it? No matter what age you are, it's always, there's always growth in your life, I think.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's a great way to look at life in general. Is that you can learn something from almost anything?
0: Yeah, exactly. There you go. There's a song. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> let's write it right now. But it's like it's like a tree, right? You know, you see hundred Like I was in um I was in um Lumington National Park on the weekend, and mm. you go past and like, oh, look at this tree. It's two hundred years old. It's like that that tree hasn't stopped growing. He's still going. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that was one of the things I I did quite a bit of in 2020 as well. Was uh, hiking and getting Oh out, nice. Getting out in
0: nature And Yeah it's It's wonderful It's It's amazing isn't it I like I found myself Because I hadn't really done Much in the way of uh, Camping or hiking In a long time And I found myself When I got to a, You know A certain point Where you can just See everything It just is It almost feels I don't know if Surreal is the right word But it doesn't feel real You know You're looking at it And you're like This just looks like someone's painted it and stuck it (laughs) and i wonder (laughs) how is that real i wonder
1: if that's a product of just because because we consume so much content and media Mm. these days we've all seen beautiful landscapes we've seen deserts we've seen rainforests all on a screen yeah or in a magazine if you're a bit older maybe yeah (laughs) and so when you see it with your own eyes it's it almost it, it might not one hundred percent feel real, yeah, because you're so used to seeing it in this other context. I yeah. wonder if that,
0: yeah, I definitely think that that's a big part of it, right? And I think as well when you're um when you live in a city and you're not around it all the time, uh, then you go into it, and yeah, also, I think when it's especially I think the difference of yeah you, know, you have the picture, but then when you're surrounded by it, it's in front of you. You look up and there's you know trees above you, and you look down there's there's the dirt. It's mm it's just incredible and um, there's nothing like it there really is and I think more and more people need to embrace that and um, it just yeah makes you appreciate how amazing the world is when you see things like that and um, how lucky we are to be a part of it a place where you can access such beautiful things
1: yes yes absolutely Um, it's too easy to take everything that we have for granted I think
0: yeah whether yeah, just the,
1: the beautiful natural world we've got mm. or the good people around you or the, the fact that we have a functioning or mostly functioning society. Yeah. So many people take that for granted. I take it for granted a lot and then realise that I'm taking it for granted and try and uh, be thankful for that.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. <clears throat> Well, um, touching on your music and there's something like, for those who, who don't know you, you obviously with your music, there's always a lot of, you know, there's a lot of science in your music. There's a lot of, there's satire. There's there's a little bit of everything, a little bit of fun for the whole family in <laughs> in, in Conspiracy of One. Except um, for the crazy
1: uncle, I think.
0: Uh... He loves it. He thinks it's all real, you know. <laughs> he thought that uh, We're All Aliens Baby was a, it was a, true it's a documentary It was a documentary <laughs> he thought um david attenborough is gonna narrate the the film version so. but jordan it is a documentary uh-oh is the house uh rumbling <laughs> i'll have to like tee up some sound effects just for that very moment <laughs> maybe i will maybe i will but um so when you got into writing originals like have you always written in that style is that always just been you or where did that come from no, I, it took me
1: a few years of writing original songs in different styles to, I guess, figure out that that was me, mm. quote unquote, me. And yeah, early on, I was writing, I guess, standard songs. Yeah. You know, I started out with um, very teenage angst. Songs about Excellent. how people didn't understand me, <laughs> 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 which I think a lot of us do when we're that age. Yeah, <laughs> and um, yeah, it, it took a, a few years of just writing various things and trying different styles and different ways of writing mm. to eventually find my way to to what I am now, which is, as you say, that pro science pro critical thinking I would say clever lyrics. I find it hard to talk about myself in a positive light and not <laughs> seem like I'm up myself, but
0: Well they are. They're very clever and it's it's um it's you know, it's one of those things I think whenever you write with a little bit of you know, for the lack of a better word, when you have some like comedy aspects to your songs. Yeah. It's so easy to make it sound hammy and, and, and like you know, I think like music comedy is very <laughs> hit and miss. Whereas I, I, feel like you, you walk the fine line in the right way. Thank you. Uh, you don't, you don't fall off into the the pile of of I don't know, comedy crap. <laughs> for like better. Well, of you it. haven't heard the new song yet. <laughs> oh, no, I, I'm sure I've heard you play it live. It does. I feel like I've seen it live. Have
1: I not? That, that was uh, that was a self-deprecating joke. Um...
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs>
1: I, I but I do say, know the new
0: song, and yeah, it's got the greatest title ever, really. The
1: Sound a Duck Makes. And it's got nothing to do with ducks, but everything to do with quacks. <laughs> That's my elevator pitch. Yeah. Nah. Um, yeah, I have always been a fan of musical comedy. And the thing with musical comedy is that to be a musical comedian, which I am not, um, I'm just a very big fan of them, but to be a musical comedian, you have to be really good at the music and the songwriting and really good at the comedy. Yeah. So you have to be both. If you're one but not the other, mm. that's where you kind of fall short. Yeah. Um, and so the ones, the, the people, the artists that do stand out do so because they're so good at both of them. Yeah. To, be, to then be a musical comedian. Yeah. <clears throat> and I... I can't talk about this without mentioning Tim Minchin, of course, because mm-hmm. he's my one of my biggest influences in this mm. genre. Because his musical ability is stand out. Yeah, no doubt. And, and and just writing catchy music that just mm. gets stuck in your head. And then which also delivers his just so clever lyrics. I could talk about him all day, so I won't.
0: (laughs) Well, save that for the dedicated Tim Minchin podcast (laughs) that we're recording after this. (laughs) Um,
1: So while I'm not looking to copy 100% what he's doing, I definitely Mm. do take a lot of inspiration from the idea of what he's doing because he was my vehicle into music that, is clever and encourages you to think about things usually from a, a scientific standpoint, yeah. or at least a pro-science standpoint, and and that that could work. And he's shown that there's an audience for that.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: <laughs> and I think if I was if I was doing what I'm doing now without him having done it first, I I might worry if there was even a market for
0: it yeah for sure
1: at least i do know at least i know there are people out there who enjoy that kind of music so yeah definitely Um, but other than other than tim of course just other musical comedians in general that can use music as a way to make you laugh make you think and one of the the other biggest ones there for me was tripod oh yeah the three guys from melbourne they're great yeah they were so good and and i see now (laughs) now that i'm older and i can analyze music better yeah i I see why they got as far as they did because they were great
0: yeah they were great (laughs) they were great at both like as you were saying um yeah yeah and and uh other
1: artists like weird al yankovic of course Mm. yeah
0: he was just spot on Yeah. And
1: so I've always had a love for that kind of music. Mm. All other styles of music as well, but musical comedy has its own little box
0: in my brain. Yeah, for sure. And
1: yeah, a lot of that has influenced me, even though, as I said, I'm not a musical comedian, although I do like to think that my music has a certain sense of humour to it.
0: Yeah, it definitely does, yeah.
1: And especially since the last single... Uh, the aliens single Mm. and now the new one coming out the sound of duck makes this has been a kind of throwing caution to the wind you know what this is me Mm. this is this is me yeah it's a bit weird yeah it's a bit quirky and out there but it's me it is it's it's me in a song kind of yeah
0: definitely no Um, I, i yeah i definitely think it is and that like, cause, like, we've obviously known each other um, for a while now. Yeah. Even, especially long if you include, like, the f- one time we met at Rick's that time. <laughs> years and years ago, I think was it was the 2005. The Bright
1: Side? I think I met you at The Bright Side.
0: I think the first time we met... Well, was it through Ellie? Yeah, was that The Bright Side? Our, our good friend
1: Ellie Jane, who I caught up with the night before last...
0: Yeah. Or oh, was that at the bright side? I think it was at the bright side. Oh, That's so That I was thought when was you Rick. were still doing Fugitive and the Vagabond. Yeah. Oh, we're still we're still <laughs> kicking. Yeah. <laughs> we're coming back one day. <laughs> no, yeah. So if you include that, it's been what? Six years technically. Technically. Maybe. Yeah. I think that was twenty fifteen when we met. That would
1: have been just around the time I moved here to Brisbane.
0: Yeah. But um, yeah, I think yeah, your songs definitely feel very genuine to you. I definitely would say that. And um, where did your love for science come from? Like, where did that all come from? <laughs> like, has that been with you since like you're a kid, or?
1: Uh, since I was a kid, I very much enjoyed science fiction. Mm. So a lot of, of course, Star Trek, Star Wars, Star, Star- Day. anything, Star, yeah, yeah. I've actually got a shirt that's got um, Star Trek, Stargate, Star Wars, and Starcraft oh, yeah, all nice. on the one shirt, and they all kind of merge together. Yeah, and awesome. it's one of my nerd shirts. Um, so yes, I'm a I'm a nerd. I enjoy what? science fiction. No, and it no look. It took me a few years, quite a few years, to be okay with that, and just to say, like I said before, you know what? This is me. If if you don't like it, that's okay, but I'm not going to hide the fact that I love science fiction and that I love science and learning and just learning about how people's brains work. Yeah. It's fascinating to me. Yeah. So, sorry, uh, to get back onto the original question. Yeah. Yeah, science fiction was always very big for me. Yeah. When I was younger. And I came about to... I guess actual science and uh, what's known as scientific scepticism nowadays through people in my life who were very much and, and still are very much not scientific mm. I'm trying to be diplomatic <laughs> just in case they listen to this podcast uh,
0: I, think I, I think I know what you, you, you're saying Um, So,
1: (laughs) it it was from being exposed to a lot of, shall we say, alternative views when I was in my sort of teenage years. Yeah, thanks, mate. (laughs) And then, I I guess, just wanting to learn more about them, but not simply just accepting them. Yeah. So being told a, a claim about colloidal silver if you've heard of that it's a it's, it's essentially just silver little bits of silver suspended in water Oh, and you, yeah. you take it orally yeah. and supposedly it cures you of XYZ ABC yeah, whatever it is this right. week it's going to yeah. cure you of and I, I was just googling how does this work And thankfully I came across a website that told me how it supposedly worked and why it doesn't actually work and Mm. and a lot of the other, um, or rather the lack of evidence behind it. Yeah. And that kind of got me into the rabbit hole of, oh, okay, well, what about these other alternative claims that I've heard? How do do I know if that's real Mm. or not? And essentially that's what scepticism is. It's not, being a cynic, it's not being denialist. It's looking at a claim and going, okay, that's interesting. How does mm. that work? Or does it work? How do I know? Yeah. Um, who Who's the one making the claim? What's the evidence behind that? Do they have a conflict of interest? Yeah. Are they making money off this? Uh, or, or are there any cognitive biases or logical yeah. fallacies that are, are being committed here that... Mm could could make someone believe this yeah and that's like i guess a a crash course on scientific skepticism
0: yeah i think it's important and like i think too many people are just too accepting of what they read and don't and don't question it and i think that's a real danger in the era of the internet right it's um there's 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 so much um fake news for the lack of a better catchphrase yeah and, and actually sorry yeah And i was I was sort of just with that like there's so much fake news and then there's there's also a lot of people who then do their research but don't you know don't really say for instance their research is an article they've found it's not the scientific journal that's not being they don't look at the sources in an article uh and that's stuff that you know people some people just don't know to look um so they then fall down the rabbit hole of they yeah. think they've just found out the world is ending tomorrow, but there's no basis behind it. For you know, obviously that's exaggerated, but you know it's <laughs> that's yeah. the sort of uh, the big problem I think. And in fact,
1: I was very happy to hear you say that because some of those tenets that you've just said are part of what's being a skeptic is mm. is that uh, that awareness of how do I know what I know? How do yeah. I know what's true? And in fact. The internet and social media have really just amplified mm. the i guess you could you could call it you could just bring it all down to tribalism is here's a a, a fact or a, a news article from someone that is in my group yeah therefore i trust them mm. that's it i don't need to think anymore they mm. they've told me this thing and that's now what i think yeah or i've Consequently, I've seen something from the other, mm. someone outside my group. Yeah. I don't agree with them, whether it's politics or worldview or yeah. anything like that. They are not in my group, therefore, I don't believe it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Or, or therefore, I'm I'm going to shut it out. Mm. And so, humans are inherently tribal. Mm. Just, it's just. The way we're wired and Yeah. I, I really do hope for a day hundreds, thousands of years in the future where we can hopefully move beyond that.
0: You mean to Mars or
1: <laughs> Just just move beyond basic instinctual yeah. tribalism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I really hope we can. I'm not gonna be around to see it but
0: Yeah. Oh gosh. Well hey, you never know. There might be by the time we're old there might be cryogenic freezing and we might just be like, Yeah, let's just do it. Wake up a thousand years down the road, and like, oh, okay. I, ha- I hate to tell you about cryonics, but uh... <laughs> what? <laughs> Don't tell me you're a skeptic of cryogenic freezing. That stuff is rock solid. It's, I've already put my life savings into it. Are you joking. Oh well, duh, in that duh, case, duh, you should duh, invest duh. in my cryonics company because. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear.
1: Is that a dog I hear?
0: Yeah, that's Luna. You know what's funny? As anyone who's been following the podcast, uh occasionally you can hear Lena walking. Yeah. It's uh it's all part of the uh the, the ambience that we build here, you know? It's part of the atmosphere. Yeah. Like the motorbike um, going past before. Yeah, exactly. You know, we're we're just recording in the inner city, you know, we can't help it.
1: <laughs> that that's true though. I, I like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. It would be nice if you had like a fully soundproofed uh, podcasting studio, but uh, we're musicians, we're not rich. <laughs> <laughs> I we've... just let for a couch and a stool, that's all I need. <laughs> and we
1: didn't become musicians to get rich, I tell you. Uh,
0: especially not with our genres. it <laughs> would be nice. Oh yeah, folk's coming back, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think there will always be a place for folk.
0: Yeah. I
1: think folk has that... That air of just raw honesty, yeah, definitely. That you don't get in too many
0: other genres, except dubstep. It's basically folk and dubstep. You know, <laughs> they they cover it all off. I reckon. <laughs> I I have oh. no words. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll I'll just turn it back <laughs> to you then. I mean, unless you want to talk on dubstep for a bit, but uh I'm um, good. I, I've I've had enough wubs. Oh, for okay. A, oh, a, few a few years. <laughs> So, like, with your, um... So, obviously, we've talked, obviously, what you're writing about now. How, how long have you been, like, writing? Like, even, it doesn't have to be music, but how long have you been writing? In, in that particular way, or...? No, just in general. Like, have you always been a fan of writing, or...? I think
1: the first song, and it has been songs predominantly mm-hmm. until more recently. Uh, the first song I started writing was in high school in showing my age here, in around 2004. Mm-hmm. So I was about 14 or 15. 2005, I think I was 15. And uh, as I said, very mm-hmm. angsty, the world doesn't understand me mm-hmm. kind of thing. <laughs> um, and then I, I had some time off from it and then came back to mm. it. And I, I started writing properly in about 2012 and that's when I... That's when I knew, yeah, this is definitely what I want to be doing. Yeah. I'll be doing it until I'm dead mm. in one way or another. Mm. And, and yeah, it wasn't until a few years ago that I started moving toward that mm. sciencey, clever, make you think kind of angle. Yeah. And then really, it wasn't until, as I said, 2019 mm. where. That became the norm. Mm. That became the standard of, yep, this is who I am. Yeah. Uh, and and actually, that's that's been what quite a few people have really connected with. Mm. And uh, they've said, Nathan, nothing against your earlier music, but what you're doing now, this is you. Mm. And and that's been actually really nice. Yeah, to hear. That's
0: awesome. And I will say this that. I think my most worn band shirt is the one I bought from you, the uh, awesome 8-bit one. That, that's Conspiracy just the cool. Of one, baby. Even even my, my brother, who has no idea who you are or what you do, he yeah. saw the show He's like, man, that's a cool... He's also a nerd, I should say. Hey, he, he, my people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? I, that's, it's, I always love with, with musicians, They people who don't know musicians think, oh, they must be like cool, mysterious people or real drug addict party animals. Most of us are just nerds. Honestly, we're just nerds <laughs> who write songs. That's that's the big difference. <laughs> I can be mysterious. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa. That, that didn't last it was, very long. There was a bit of a, a, yeah, a slight air of mysterious nature of the room that just washed over. Well, see, because of the
1: magic of podcasting, you can draw that moment out for a good 30 seconds and add some... Lovely, yeah. But music. then
0: people will be sceptical about how long you actually pause for, you know. See, uh, we've already given we've then. given them all the tools to be sceptical of this podcast. So see what did there. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, Conspiracy of One. Where did the name come from?
1: There is a band called The Offspring.
0: Yeah. Oh, of course. Ah, oh, yeah. There you go. Yep. Uh,
1: one of my favourite bands. Great I, band. I have a lot of favourite bands, but they're one of them. And they have an album called Conspiracy of One. Great album. And. Years ago, when I was looking for a stage name, I had some really good ideas, and mm. then Googled them and found out they were already taken. Mm-hmm. And not that this was a, a I can't second. believe Tim
0: Minchin was taken. I still can't <laughs> believe it. Like,
1: <laughs> no, but I was experimenting yeah. with different ideas for stage names, and then I thought, oh, conspiracy of one kind of is funny because by definition, a conspiracy is two or more people yeah. secretly planning something. So yeah. A conspiracy of one is actually a juxtaposed term which i like yeah. and it was a solo project mm. so it's one so th- th- there was a, a number pun in yeah the game, and yeah. i'm a sucker for number puns with <laughs> with band names you know if you have a trio there's got to be the number three or something yeah. in there or if it's a duo there's got to be the number two in there somewhere yeah i had a duo back in the day i don't think we even played a gig, but. We named it Second Solution, which is a Living End song. Oh, yeah. Because there was two of us and we were yeah. both liked Living End. Yeah. So, yes, it's an offspring album and it's a fun juxtaposed term. And it has nothing to do with me believing in conspiracy theories. It's just
0: a cool name. It, and it really fits your music. That's the funny thing. Like,
1: Well, just... I, I would say that I have taken the name go yep this is my
0: name how
1: can i make it work mm. so yeah, I, I, yeah i'd say it's maybe a bit of both
0: yeah it's just i i just i don't know it just like i think you definitely chose the right name like in, in hindsight i think you nailed it i, I hope so <laughs> <Thank> yeah because <you.
1: laughs> i've kind of i've put a lot of work into that name now so yeah it would be hard to change it at this point
0: yeah well, speaking of things you you put work into, I think it's we got to bring up the board game. It's time. it's time.
1: So, if you listeners just look very intently at the I'll, screen, I'm
0: going to take a photo. Oh, okay, a live podcast photo. There we go. Look at that. We got it. Oh, it's, there we go. It's taken. There we go. We got a photo, and it's going to be up online. Okay.
1: <laughs> For those of you who can't see the photo, I'll do my best to describe the board game. So I have. A a board Have if, if you ever played Chinese checkers?
0: I, I have not But I tried to once and it confused the hell out of me So I never did it well, you, you're, five, you're familiar so... with the board though yeah. it's, it's
1: a large hexagonal yeah. board It's about that size Yeah, My board is the same size, same shape It's a large hexagon Made up of smaller hexagons Because hexagons are the bestagons <laughs> I, That's not my joke I wish it was <laughs> There's something about the way hexagons fit together that is perfect and endlessly Mm. repeating, and that's why you see it in nature, like in turtle shells. Did you know, fun fact, uh, this is completely off topic, there is a storm on the north pole of Saturn that's the shape of a hexagon. Wow. Naturally occurring because of the ways that all the other various storms around it Mm. converge and then create this big storm on, on the north pole of Saturn that makes it a hexagon. Mm. I just thought that was fascinating. That is cool. So anyway, I have a board full of hexagons. Each one has a little face on it, so each one is a person. The one in the middle, he's sad. His name is Little Timmy, and he's he's immunocompromised, so he can't get vaccines. Sorry, the, the, board, the board game is called Herd Immunity. And because little timmy can't get vaccines he requires he he relies on his family members around him to be vaccinated so that he's safe from infection and that's the very basic concept of what herd immunity is and i actually started this in late 2019 for the record before corona because no, I,
0: definitely. I i've seen the original prototype it was well before corona it was before corona because i wanted to
1: show people in a fun, interesting way, what herd immunity is, why we vaccinate. And then COVID comes in and steals my thunder.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um,
1: So back to the board game, player one is disease. And every time you land on a new person, you infect them. You put a red token on top of them, they're infected. Player two is the doctor you put a blue token on everyone you land on to vaccinate them. And so once they're vaccinated, disease can't land on them because they can't be infected. Once they're infected, they can't be vaccinated because they're already infected. So it's a red versus blue Mm. kind of aspect. And disease is trying to infect little Timmy. The doctor is trying to vaccinate Timmy's family members to keep him safe. And then there's a third player, which is the anti-vaxxer, who they're... They don't really care about little Timmy. They're just trying to stop the doctor from doing their job because doctors are evil. <laughs> so, <gasps> oh, man. That's the basis of the, the board game that's in development. And as you can see, it's actually a 3D printed.
0: That's so cool. I, I'm so glad to see it. Because when I saw the prototype, it was cardboard, I believe. Yeah, I think you, know,
1: I think you saw probably version two or something. Very it was, early.
0: yeah, it was at Black Bear Lodge, is when it. Yes,
1: the single launch for Aliens.
0: Yeah, is when I first saw it, I believe. And, uh, that was it's a very a, early yeah, prototype. it's amazing to see it come from cardboard to 3D print. It looks great. And it's such a fun concept too. I feel like it'd be really fun, like not that I'm an anti-vaxxer, it'd be fun to play the anti-vaxxer, wouldn't it? Just so. You'd be
1: surprised how many, when I, I show it to people, how many people go, oh, I want to be the disease
0: or I want to be the anti-vaxxer. <laughs> It's like you got to step into someone else's shoes for a moment. It's like, oh, maybe that's why the anti-vaxxers do it. It's just so much fun. <laughs> dot, 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 dot. This no is, comment. Um, this is not real life. <laughs> but this
1: is my way of showing these different perspectives yeah. that people might not have thought of yeah. and pointing out the, the ideas and the, the ideologies of these kind of people... Mm. rather than attacking people or organisations, but pointing out the the ideas. And I guess showing the consequences of when the anti-vaxxer lands on someone, they put a yellow token down because Mm. they've convinced that person not to vaccinate. So the doctor can't land on them and vaccinate them. Yeah, But of course, they're still vulnerable to being infected. Mm. So seeing that visually Mm. is a way to show people... Look, this is what happens when you don't vaccinate and yeah. a disease spreads through a community.
0: If only this board game came out a couple of years ago. <laughs> but no, it's 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 the most ironic of timing, but um it's incredibly relevant. And um I'm keen to play it. I really wanna have a game with you. I wanna I wanna to... Oh,
1: I'll I'll let you know as soon as I've got I still need to three D print a bunch of these tokens. Yeah.
0: To be ready. It looks like it'll be fun. Can the disease kill the anti
1: In this current version, no.
0: Would not that be an irony. I, I thought twist. about it.
1: I, I did have that. <laughs> I did have that gameplay aspect uh, in one of the earlier versions. Yeah, I, I think I. I decided that didn't work gameplay wise. So yeah, I, I well, it's also that.
0: realistic. It's almost like the anti vaxxers avoid it until they get it and then kill a few people and take them down with them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's it, no, it's gonna. Be, it's really cool, and it looks like it will be a really fun game to play. Like it's obviously got great learnings, and it's a great. I think sometimes with with things like vaccinations, people need. Context, but Mm. not context in the scientific sense, but in like a layman's sense, you know, something that's easy to understand. And like you look at your board game, it's 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 a game, but it's also very easy to comprehend and how it works. And that's the um,
1: idea, because you you can't just give paragraphs and paragraphs of scientific facts. Yeah, Uh, you you do need the scientific facts there yeah, to back up what you say but not everyone connects with that yeah. and so there is a, an avenue for people in between the science and I guess the general public and that's called science communication and that's yeah. actually what I'm doing with this game and with my music and with other public speaking that I do because I'm, I'm taking it on as my role to make science fun and accessible and easier to understand at least the basic concepts Mm. and to get people interested and excited about this is why science is, quote-unquote, in in my opinion, the best way to understand reality Mm. because you can test it, you can prove it wrong.
0: Yeah, for sure. And
1: by doing that, yeah, you know, if I if I can get more people into that mm. in a fun way without being preachy, then that's
0: yeah, you know, that's that's what I want to do. Yeah, for sure, man. That's awesome. So I feel like this is a really good question to ask you, just because of of everything we've discussed today. I feel like it leads into this question. Yeah. Um, where do you think the world will be this time next year? Like, how do you think this next year is gonna go?
1: So we're currently at the end of June in 2021, as we're speaking now. So end of June in 2022. I would hope that the rollout of the COVID vaccines continues smoothly. And ideally, if we can knock it on the head, we might possibly be able to get rid of it Mm. entirely or at least not entirely, but the other way it could go is if we don't do it early enough and there are enough variants that mutate and get out mm. is that it, it could end up like the flu where it's what's called endemic, where it just lives in the community mm. and there's just no way to eliminate it. Mm. So it, asking about the future at this time is hard Mm. because there's just so much uncertainty so in terms of covid could go that either of those ways Mm. or somewhere in between as for me this time next year i know i'm still going to be working on music on some things that i am yet to announce sorry
0: Hmm. wait we're not going to get a podcast exclusive oh no, I, I, I
1: have a release strategy in mind for how I'm going to announce certain things. <laughs>
0: it's,
1: so, it's so hard. It's so hard because I want to tell you. Yeah. Um, well, I, I want to tell you, the listeners. Yeah. But no, these, a bit of mystery, a bit of, mystery, a bit of the shroud
0: of mystery. The shroud of mystery. It's got to stay.
1: But yes, I have things coming up next year that I'm very excited to share with everybody. And I'm hoping that by early next year, I'll have the game out.
0: Oh, out. Awesome.
1: Because I'm still in the playtesting phase. I feel yeah. like the prototype is almost mm. done. Yeah. But now that I have the 3D version, I've got to playtest that and make sure that I can iron out any other bugs that come up.
0: Yeah. Any other bugs, eh? Was that, was that an unintended pun I just heard? Bugs? oh <laughs> uh yes no pun intended <laughs>
1: which which i thought always was a good band name as well no pun intended yeah
0: or pun intended pun intended or just it's like one word like a compound word pun intended yeah <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> so oh.
1: i am i am hopeful for 2022 mm. And cautiously optimistic that things will go well, both with COVID in general and me. Yeah, I've got big plans and I'm going to work my darndest to make them happen. Amazing. No,
0: (laughs) I think it's, yeah, I think it's going to be a really, I think it's going to be a really interesting six months, I think. I think the first six months of this year have flown by and I think. Tell me about it i feel like last year was a whole lot of uncertainty and waiting and it felt like a very strange time this year it feels like we're just it's like you've, you've got the old car out of the shop and the wheels are slowly starting to get the dust and the grime out of their sockets and moving yeah. it's like as you said though it's like it could go who knows how it's going to go and if we can get it on i feel like you know the vaccination rollout is going to be pivotal and also that um, that the vaccinations all work properly that's another thing Like you, you're assuming that they've done all you trust the guys in charge the scientists who have made it yes you and mean,
1: if, if I could stand on my soapbox and be a little bit preachy for a minute the vaccines have been tested they wouldn't be rolling them out if they weren't Yeah. And and I know this is essentially just saying have faith in doctors and scientists but in this case there is so much scrutiny scrutiny there's yeah. so much scrutiny on everything to do with this mm-hmm. that you you know they they would be damn sure that these things are going to be good enough yeah by the time they roll out and it is so important not just for ourselves to protect ourselves by getting vaccinated but as i'm showing with this game you know one person can get vaccinated but disease can still go around them mm. and get the person behind them mm. so by by vaccinating yourself you're also protecting those other people that are more vulnerable and yeah. if we can get this knocked on the head early we might be able to get rid of covid mm like I I, I can't that's a good sales pitch (laughs) I I, I can't be more more clear about how important this is and also very importantly I am not a doctor so yes listen to me by saying listen to the doctors Mm. but what's also important is somebody else who is not a doctor who is telling you otherwise be sceptical Cause there are a lot of other people with very different ideas of what they're doing and how they're going to treat this and yeah. natural ways to treat COVID and all yeah. these other things. If they're not an immunologist or a virologist or an epidemiologist, be sceptical.
0: Yeah. And do you remember when um, do you remember when 5G caused COVID? <laughs> I, no doctors said that. So I think, yeah, you, you just trust that trust that the right people are making the right decisions. I mean, unless if you can unless if you're qualified to make a better decision then...
1: that that's the thing is that these these doctors and scientists that have been working on these vaccines, it's their entire job to know more about this than anybody else. Yeah, they've probably forgotten more about that field than you or I will ever know. Yeah. And when we say, trust these people, it's because they can back up what they're saying. Yeah,
0: and I think as well, right, and this is like, you know, there's scepticism and there's scepticism. And I think you, like, if you were to say, okay, they've rolled out a vaccine faster than ever before, okay, should we be sceptical? But then you ought to also think, has there ever been a time where the entire planet has worked towards a vaccine? No. And just have like all this, all of the money thrown at it? No, yeah, basically... <laughs> everything and it's like and if they really if they want it if this was all a conspiracy would that have happened mm. no <laughs> i mean there's no conspiracy that can really like there's no clutching of straws good mm. enough to even comprehend how crazy the truth is yeah <laughs> that- and and it is okay
1: to have questions to yeah. have reservations yeah about things that's that's A good tenet of what skepticism is—yeah, having questions and not being sure—but then when you are shown the evidence, if you then reject that, that's called denialism. Yeah, yeah. So to to take another example, global warming slash climate change, whatever it's called these days, I've I've just sounded like I'm against it, but (laughs) there there are, are people who in the face of overwhelming actual evidence to support it mm. they still refuse to believe it and that's called denialism mm. that's not skepticism yeah
0: also known as the bolt report yeah <laughs> oh quick short no comment to... <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i had, i had i couldn't i couldn't resist <laughs> so... Uh oh, but no it's all interesting and I, I gotta say this has been such an interesting conversation for the it podcast it's, it's been great it's been it's been really great and it's 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 great to have you on and and i think as well like you know from from people who've been following the podcast every guest has been like at least in my opinion very different everyone's got different stories different influences and inspirations and this that and the other and i think <laughs> having you come on as well so like with, with your board game and everything is so different but also just like your approach to writing is just so it's so different and so it's so it's great it's it's such a good thing to have in the in the Brisbane community I think as well having your type of music thank you. um and I think it's just like it's all you know I think Brisbane's music communities you know I think it's getting more and more diverse I think that's Mm. sort of the that's been where it's growing is in its diversity and I think um, you you know I I feel like you're a big part of the, the diversity of the Brisbane scene
1: Thank you and in fact I very much enjoy being a part of this music community because I grew up in a small country town in New South Wales where we didn't have that and it wasn't until I Moved here and started meeting other great musicians and great people like yourself. Not, thank not you. to just butter you up. But <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> no, you're you're definitely you know you're you're in the you're in the good list. Oh, thank you. Oof. <laughs> as opposed as opposed to the naughty list. Yeah.
0: No. <laughs> okay, Santa. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, moving here just over five years ago now, I think it was, and. It wasn't until a couple of years later that I'd met enough people and, and I, I did actually hit a point where it was like, ah, I'm part of the Brisbane music community. And it just felt so lovely mm. to, to be a part of something like that. Yeah. And it's something that I want to help grow. mm I I, I've met so many wonderful people, and a few not so wonderful, but most of them really, most of them really, really really nice people. Yeah, and yeah, it's something that I'm happy to be a part of.
0: Yeah, no, it's awesome, man. We're happy that you're a part of it too. (laughs) I'm speaking for everybody here. (laughs) Gotta renew my membership card at some point. (laughs) So I want to end the podcast with one last question. It's one I've um. I've been asking for most of the series so far because I think it's such an important thing to be, to talk about like stuff that you're grateful for and gratitude. And I think after last year, especially. So, Nate, what is something that you are very grateful for in your life? It can be a person, it can be multiple things or or just one.
1: Yeah, well, going on from what I've just said, I am grateful for having good humans around me. And whether that's peers, Colleagues like yourself, friends like yourself, relationships, family, just having good people around me that make my life better. It's, that's what I'm thankful for. Yeah. Whatever the context, just finding the good eggs,
0: you know. I'll feel you there. <laughs> oh, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. It's been a pleasure being on. <laughs> <laughs>